The Star Jelly Files, Episode 15, Ancient Knowledge and Lightwork. Hello everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Star Jelly Files. To start, yes hum, I did receive your broadcast. I am glad that you were able to get a message to me, and everyone really. I feel as if the whole universe is listening in to our adventure, waiting to see what happens. I also wonder if the universe is watching, and operating on a future timeline, can send back some spoilers for us, although I doubt they would agree. The question now is do I lay everything out here, knowing Chester is listening, or do I find another way to reach you? The way I look at it, Chester is going to find out what we are doing no matter what we do. If he has tapped into traditional communications, then I can only imagine that he has found ways to listen into more private conversations either through technological means or through spies. So I am going to communicate as planned. For the most part, anyway. Hum, and Chester, since you are probably listening, I think we can all admit that everything is a bit of a mess now. All traditional modes of communication are down. Some of the beacons are presumed missing. Others stuck on an unknown world. And parts of the universe are preparing for battle. They are not willing to let you continue with your plan unchallenged, Chester. We will not allow you to prevent the vibrational ascension of the Milky Way galaxy or of the universe on a whole. It is time for us to heal and to grow, and we will begin moving forward. We know there are worlds out there that are scared to move forward, that would rather live their lives as they have in the past, but the future is much more bright. It is full of much more love and healing. I admit you probably don't understand everything I'm talking about, Chester. You have always operated solidly on the physical realm and have ignored those things that cannot be bought, stolen, or sold. This, I think, is where you will fail. The universe is not a physical place. Most of what happens happens on the non-physical plane. I understand how you might think otherwise. How you might think that if our consciousness, our souls, exist in bodies on the physical plane, then the physical world must be the most important. I am not saying the physical lives our souls live are not important. I love the lives I have led, loved the new discoveries that were stumbled upon in technology as much as most beings, loved the exploration of science and space, the delicious foods, and the adventures on different worlds I have lived on. But it is important to remember and know that spirituality and science were never meant to be separated, were never meant to be studied as if one was more important than the other. They were meant to be studied as two halves of a whole. The study of the stars and spaceships and worlds should be combined with the study of the vibrations of the universe and the souls that make it up. We should enjoy and live our physical lives, but our souls are still having their own adventures as those lives happen, even if most never realize it. Chester, you assume that if you start wars between different worlds by stealing from one to bribe or instigate another, that you can eventually rule the universe. You assume that if you create enough anger and hate that the universe will never change and you can always find ways to gain power and profit. That you will be able to overpower the technology of other planets because of what you have already stolen and built. What you fail to realize is that all of the souls that exist in the universe, that remember they are more than a physical being living on life on a planet, won't let that happen. While you bring ships to attack their worlds or attempt to bring fear and anger to the surface, they will be working to stop you on the vibrational level, working to stop you on the soul level. They will bring peace and love and healing through their work. Yes, some on the physical plane and others on the metaphysical level. On both halves of the universe, 
I know you don't believe me because you have not bothered to learn about what cannot be seen or felt in the palm of your hand. You're probably also thinking that souls that currently have a body of some sort, that are living their lives on planets that have not yet made it to the stars, have no idea what is going on in the universe. That they don't care or have an impact on what happens beyond their current lives. Well, you were wrong about that too. The Galactic Council has been working for millennia to train souls to look into themselves and out to the stars, to let go of fear and hate and malice, and instead look for love and forgiveness and kindness has been working to send help to those planets that need it as they work to raise their vibrations. I have a letter this week as well. This letter was hand-delivered to me when a grouping of energy beings visited the moon base after Hum's broadcast. This letter is from Opal, who had the opportunity to have a conversation with the grouping of beings that existed since the birth of the universe. Chester, I think you may find this letter educational, and will hopefully make you rethink your plan. Hum, I think you already know the contents of this letter by now. Let me know if anything was left out you think should be included later. Letter from Opal about her meeting with the energy beings that witnessed the birth of this universe. Hello, Astra. I am not sure how this letter will reach you, or what form it will be in when it does, but the beings who offered to deliver it promised it would reach you. I write this letter from the same world that Hum, Bert, Al, and I were stuck on when Hum sent this last broadcast. We have been here about a week, but the time has not been wasted. Initially, when we landed, the beings here had only one thing to say to us. Well, one thing to say to Hum, anyway. They said, It is about time you returned. Now tell us, why has it been so long? Hum wasn't sure how to respond to the floating pink orbs that sat in the clearing in the forest. They were refusing to say anything further to Hum until he responded. So he came back to the ship and broke into your broadcast to send out a message. Burton Hum spent days attempting to further communications and debating if we should just leave and ignore the question. We all thought that was an unwise decision in the end. It felt important that we talk to the beings here. It also felt important that we answer the question correctly. We all felt like they had been part of why Chester's ship disappeared with Vise. It was decided that Burton Hum would explore the planet to see if they could find any other beings to talk to, or locations where a historical record might have been left. They would explore while they waited for a response from you, or someone else, to arrive. They left me on the ship with strict instructions not to explore, and to send Al to contact them if anyone else showed up. After a day of hanging around, reading books and records about other worlds, that in most circumstances I would have found completely absorbing, I decided I wasn't just going to wait to be told what to do. I figured that the pink orbs had asked a question of Hum and Bert, but not of me. To my knowledge, humans had never made it to this particular planet before me, so asking why I had returned would not make sense. I wondered if I would get a different response. After a quick argument with Al, who had half-heartedly tried to block the door of the ship so I couldn't leave, I left the ship and made my way to the forest clearing, determined to start a conversation. Al promised to watch me from the ship to make sure I stayed safe, and to listen in to anything that happened. The world has not changed since Hum's broadcast. It is a world covered in plants of a variety of shades of green. There are no buildings in sight, at least buildings as we would recognize them, and the sky is nearly blocked out by the thick vegetation. The plants also continued to watch us, occasionally leaning into their neighbors to whisper to each other. This had initially been a little creepy to me, but as time has passed, I am far less creeped out and more interested in what they had to say about us. 
It reminds me of a group of humans watching a meteor shower for the first time and whispering in awe at what they are watching. The plants do not seem threatening, but interested in what is going on. I don't think they usually get this much excitement on their world, nor do I think they had ever seen a human before. They watched me as I walked towards them. I imagine my jeans, flannel shirt, wrinkled skin, and long gray braided hair looked odd to them. There are also a few details that Hum did not mention about this world, either because he deemed them as unimportant or his eyes could not see them the same as mine do. As I made my way through the forest, my feet slipping now and then on the wet ground, I could spot the occasional structure between the leaves, small moss-covered buildings or buildings made of moss that sat low to the ground and almost blended in with their surroundings. I also saw trees in the shapes of what looked like archways to me, Two trees with dark green trunks and branches covered with what looks like pine needles on earth would be leaning towards each other as if they were grown purposefully in that shape. There was also the hint of a path that walked beneath each of these pairings, a little bit of faded ground as if the paths had been frequently traveled at one time, but not recently. They didn't look like they led anywhere. They didn't lead towards the moss buildings anyway. I didn't have time to explore, though. I had made it about halfway to the clearing when the large pink orbs noticed me. I could tell because the pink wisps that had been jumping around the forest when we first arrived began to appear again and drew my attention to the orbs, who I could feel were looking at me. They don't have eyes, but I could still feel their attention, like when you can tell someone is looking at you when the hair on the back of your neck stands up. I figured it was now or never, so I stepped forward and introduced myself. I talked about how I was human. I didn't know if they knew my world, and talked about how I had come to their world by stowing away on Bert's ship on a rescue mission. I wanted to make it clear that I was not a beacon, even though I was traveling with them. I was just a human that was having some type of adventure. The orbs listened in silence, just floated there like giant soap bubbles. Although I could have sworn that I saw one of the orbs nodding at me while I talked as if agreeing with my story. As I wrapped up the story of my adventure thus far, I asked if I could talk to them. They did not answer me right away. I think they were discussing something amongst themselves. There was a humming sound that filled the air, and I wondered if that was their language. I knew they could speak telepathically, but that didn't mean they couldn't communicate another way as well. After what felt like an eternity, one of the orbs finally answered. They spoke into my mind, not with words, but with flashes of images and stories. It was like having someone else's memory installed into my mind. We know who you are, Starseed, they said. This is not the first time we have met you, although this is the first time we have met you in your human form. You are correct that we do not have the same qualms about talking to you as we do the others. You may ask us three questions now, and maybe more questions later, they said. I was briefly stunned. I had learned about Starseeds from Bert, had read a few books about them too but I had never considered that I was one. The idea that I was a multidimensional being, a soul that had lived on other planets besides Earth, was mind-blowing. The idea that I had been sent to the Milky Way galaxy to help planets upgrade their vibrations even more so. Although thinking about it now, I guess it kind of makes sense. I have always loved the stars, have always loved the paranormal, have always knew there was more out there, have always wanted to help others heal. I guess it makes sense that I might be a starseed. This idea also made me rethink why Bert had asked me to work with her all those years ago. 
In my shock, I inadvertently used one of my questions for something not super productive. How do you know me? I asked the pink orbs. I swear they were laughing. The color of the orbs went from a dull pink to a neon pink, and they radiated a level of joy that was infectious. Their response was short and to the point. I had been one of their students on a distant world where I learned about lightwork, where I learned about the vibrations of the universe and how to hear and see them and how to heal them. Some souls study remotely from their own worlds, but I had started my studies with them before traveling. I had attended the Lightwork Galactic Training Institute as a soul, a school for souls known by many names, and had taken on assignments to work on several worlds to help them upgrade, per se, to help them prepare to be part of the galactic community. They also talked about how since I was on Earth, my soul memories had been temporarily blocked as is customary on most worlds, so that I do not have to live my current life under the burdens of a past life I can't change. That was a lot of information to process then. To be honest, I am still processing it, and plan to have a long conversation with Bert about what it means to be a starseed on Earth. For the moment, though, I accepted their statement at face value. There was other information I needed. I asked my second question. Who were they, and why did they refuse to speak to the beacons? Again, their answer was short and to the point, although this time I thought it was because they didn't want to share everything with me because of my current assignment, not because they were trying to avoid me asking a million questions. They are light beings that travel around the multiverse. They once had physical forms, but had long ago evolved past them and have since spent their time studying and living within the vibrations of the universe. Have spent their time helping beings that still incarnated into physical forms to learn about their universes and the strings and vibrations they are made of. They also spend a lot of time studying healing and how vibrations can help beings and worlds heal. In fact, they had recently spent some time on Earth working with the Bigfoot community on their latest advancements. They also led the curriculum development team at the Lightworker Galactic Training Institute. They loved to teach and learn. These beings had once had a name that has been lost to history and time. They no longer have a need for it. Lastly, they told me they are not angry with the beacons, but that they need them to remember that they have more knowledge within themselves than they are currently allowing themselves to remember. That they are spending too much time operating on the physical plane and have been for centuries now. They had met before, but were choosing to forget. They needed to break through that memory block before certain information could be shared. Although, they also admitted they did not know if you, Astra, had put that memory block in place or not. That was also a lot of information to take in. The idea that the beacons could block out the existence of a whole school for light work seemed odd to me, but I didn't have time to dwell on that fact. I could hear Hum and Bert making their way back to me, so I asked my last question quickly. What happened to Chester's ship in Vi's ship? The pink orbs pondered this question longer than the others, as if they didn't expect that I would ask it. They had paused long enough that I didn't think I would get an answer. But I did. They responded with a single sentence. We transported them to another part of the universe where they will not be able to cause harm. It was then that Hum and Bert showed up were in shock that I was standing there talking to the pink orbs without them. They attempted a conversation then, thinking the orbs had finally decided to start talking in general, but were again ignored. As Hum and Bert turned to walk back to the ship, I was thinking about how I might get this story to you, Astra. Especially the part about the beacon's memories. 
It was then that the orbs offered to bring it with them when they went to visit you. I agreed. I updated Burton Hum on what I had learned as I wrote this letter to you. They are now spending their time researching their memory loss. I believe they are now trying to reach out to Walter, thinking he can help retrieve the memories that are apparently lost. I think this is a good idea, but I think it is more likely that you will have the answer rather than Walter. I think you know way more than you are telling everyone about this whole mess. When will you share your whole story? Talk soon. Opal. Well, everyone, that is an interesting letter from Opal. I was wondering how long it would be before she came across the light beings that were her teachers. I also wondered how long it would be before they decided they wanted to jump back into the chaos of the universe. Apparently, that time is now. I admit that Opal is right. I do know more than I let on. Part of the reason I don't just share everything is I don't think it would make sense without the stories from the others. Information does not always mean something without context. The other reason is I am not sure now is the right time. Some of my secrets are very big and will change a lot of things. There is one secret I will try to address soon, though. Why some of the Beacon's memories have been blocked. I should also probably try and find out where they sent Chester. Somewhere where he can't cause harm is a very vague location, and could mean anything from a black hole to a new galaxy that has no planets yet. I will try to have some new details for you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Jelly Files podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you are having a great day. The Star Jelly Files is written, produced, voice acted, and created by me, Elizabeth Hamblett. If you would like to support the podcast and gain access to bonus content, check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash starjellyfiles. If you would like to learn more about the podcast or visit our merch store, check us out at www.starjellyfiles.com. The links are also in the description.